Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac. Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Streaming in here early on a football Friday to Birds 365 with Mac and Mac, John McMone, and Jody McDonald. And yes, J Mac got first look at the 2023 Philadelphia Eagles as a unit. About 86 strong, couple guys missing, but a whole bunch of plays out there for Johnny Mac to get a peek at yesterday. And at least as far as as long as you were there, the under an hour was an easy win, huh, J Mac? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm never going to complain with Nick. Uh, other people might complain, but I'm not going to complain. Yeah, get on, get off, baby. Nick Sirianni, God bless you, Nick. Uh, yeah, but uh, um, seven on sevens, no team drills. Um, you know, that's where the Eagles are. That's what they're going to do. And um, again, they deserve the the benefit of the doubt because of, of how things went last year. So um, maybe if things go in a negative direction, we can bring that up. But as far as that goes right now, it's hard to argue with the way they're doing things. And they believe they're ahead of the curve, um, you know, because time is so limited anyway. Um, and maybe they are. Maybe other teams start catching up. We'll see how that goes as the years move forward. Benefit of the doubt, free pass. Call it what you want. The Eagles got it. They earned it. They're going to use it. And uh, a limited amount of time out there on the field yesterday. But you did get to see a couple of things. It's the thing that I was most looking forward to was trying to figure out in some places. And it's the first day of opening practices, OTAs with media there to be able to see uh, if there is, quote unquote, a depth chart in place. Just who would go out there first. Doesn't mean that it's going to stay that way. Doesn't mean it's going to be that way uh, opening week of the season. But you always like to note these things. You can't even do that seven on seven. They don't go 11 on 11. So uh, can you stay to a certainty as to who the two starting linebackers are, who the two starting safeties are? Not really, because they're seven on seven. What, what does a defensive lineup look like seven on seven, Johnny Mack? Um, it's a back seven. So, yeah, I mean, generally it's the, the three corners, the two linebackers, the two safeties. So you can get a little bit of feel. Um, so the defensive for, linemen are not on the field at all. No. Well, it was interesting. The Eagles, typically they're not and seven on sevens. The Eagles had an interesting twist, essentially, you know, the main football drills for everybody that, probably knows 11 on 11 which is full team drills nine on seven which is usually um a rushing drill with the offense you know having the nine the eagles kind of did a seven on nine um which i had never seen before they had That's two they got jalen hurts the the almost mvp he can handle seven on nine well they were just you know it, typically in the past you'd have guys with you know you'd either have trash cans set up to uh, mimic rushers or brooms like Johnny Manziel days, but they had Nolan Smith and Janarius Robinson out there sort of pretending to rush and then they would stop and then chase the play. That was their job. So by the way, Nolan Smith, high energy guy, um, you know, 40 yards down the field, he's running. He was basically out there for every rep because you mentioned there there were a few more players missing than than you noted. There were I counted twelve, I think, um, and most of the edge guys, Reddick, Sweat, Graham, weren't there. Derek Barnett, obviously, still recovering. So, you know, Nolan was out there basically every rep chasing things, and so he had you know, even though it was forty five minutes, he had <laughs> he broke out into a sweat, huh? Yeah. Uh, he, he was working hard. Um, so it was an interesting little tweak, but you can get a feel, uh, the bigger point, you can get a feel for the back seven. Now 
the Eagles deferred to their veterans. I talked about a lot at running back. I expected Kenny Gainwell to get the first rep. That doesn't mean anything to me because to me, it's going to be either DeAndre Swift or Rashad Penny. But actually, Boston Scott got the first rep. It was Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, Trey Sermon before they even got to uh, DeAndre Swift and, and, and Rashad Penny. So, you know, yeah, that's obviously not going to continue. Um, safety. It was Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds, which I expect, you know, first day at camp, I expect that to be Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds. Um, but I do think Sidney Brown's going to have an opportunity to compete, but that's later down the line. And linebackers, it was uh, N'Kobe Dean and, and, and Nicholas Morrow, as we all expected, and they're going to be the starting linebackers. Whoa, 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 whoa. Somebody else. Time out, Philadelphia. Every position you just went down, the starting guy was a guy who was on the Philadelphia Eagles last year, except for safety, where they don't have anyone other than Breed Blankenship, who was here last year. So uh, that's why. Well, no, Morrow, Morrow and Edmonds. Uh, well, Morrow, Morrow uh, at linebacker, Edmonds at safety. Well, that, that's that's my question. Um, they do have a couple of linebackers that are returning to the team. They, we know Nicobe Dean, who is now not only the starter, but wearing the dot. And yeah, well, that's not a good sign. All that's of 35 plays to. last year, but at least he was on the team. Morrow got the nod over Bradley and Ellis. Why? It's not, it's not a good sign for those who don't want yeah. Nicholas Morrow. And not only that, Nick got the podium treatment as well, um, which is ominous if you don't want him on the field um i i you know it 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 says more about the guys behind him than it does uh um you know obviously when we talk about boston scott and kenny gainwell even though they played you know they played um sean bradley and davion taylor were the second team linebackers they didn't play um last year um in the regular defense, Sean obviously played on special teams. Um, so that is probably the difference. Um, Kayvon Wallace didn't play in the regular defense. The so other guy doesn't look good is Kayvon Wallace for him. Yeah. That he's uh, can't supplant either Edmonds. Well, Blankenship supplanted him last year, but uh, – and I know Edmonds. Well, I don't – and and to be truthful, I, I don't think anybody – if anybody thought – you know, guys like that were going to threaten for starting roles. They're probably, you know, off base of, of, of that group. The only one who's in the mix would be Kenny Gainwell uh, for significant playing time, uh, even with Swift and, and Penny here, um, even Boston. I mean, he's not going to play a lot unless injuries pile up where the Giants show up. <laughs> Um, he's not going to play a lot. So, but, you know, where they could defer, they did defer. Um, and there's certain guys that they have plans for. And they have plans for Terrell Edmonds. And they have plans for Nicholas Morrow, at least as we stand here today on June 2nd. Um, you mentioned Morrow got the podium treatment. <clears throat> I uh, saw the video after the fact. Um, 
again, uh, I think if I were on the beat with you guys, one of the things I would enjoy doing would be debating and or predicting and or betting on who the Eagles were going to actually make available and put there on the podium for you guys to talk about. Do you read into it more than anything else that, yeah, Nicholas Mo, uh, Jody McDonald trying to get Patrick Queen here in the worst way from the Ravens. Chill out because we're okay with Nick Morrow as of right now. Uh, you going to go anywhere down that road. No, I'm not going to go quite there. You know, as of today, like I said, if they had to play today, and luckily they don't, um, Nicholas Morrow would be the starting linebacker. Um, does that preclude Howie Roseman from trying to get somebody down the road? No. he's You know, last year, Anthony Harris talked to us a lot, and they picked up C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So, um, but, you know, Anthony Harris, I think, I think a lot of people don't understand. Like, that's how – that's how razor thin it is, especially at, at when you're a starter in your, or a projected starter and you're not a special teams player. In other words, Anthony Harris was going to be the starting safety, starting safety, starting safety, starting safety, right up to the eve of the regular season. Then he's gone. He's off the roster because he can't help on special teams. So if you don't win that starting job, you're gone. Uh, and that's sort of Nicholas Morrow is Anthony Harris at linebacker. Um, yeah, right now he's the guy. Um, and, and nobody right here in, on this group, on this roster, is going to take the job from Nicholas Morrow. That doesn't preclude them from going out and getting Patrick Queen or somebody else who's significantly better as they did with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Do you think that, uh, and I know uh, they did some punting drills yesterday, but not not. Oh, by the way, that was a that was a squash match to get my wrestling term in there. Aaron Sipas was Bill Goldberg, and and Ty Zetner was a Mulkey brother. For those who know wrestling, I destroyed them. Now it's one day. It's one day in June. But for those people hoping. Uh, Aaron Sipas is going to lose the job. He might lose the job, but he's not losing the job to this guy. Ty, um, Ty Zetner did not impress. No squash match. Okay. All right. And, and guys right there and uh, not talk coverage, they're not hitting or anything else. But uh, since you mentioned that if a player who is, Potentially going to make the team, potentially going to play. But if you go out and acquire better, uh-oh, not only are you not going to play, you're not going to be here. Uh, any groupings of special team guys that you noted that you say, well, at least he's on special teams. That's going to help his overall chance to make the roster. Oh, well, there's, you know, they're core special teams guys. And there's certain guys that are going to make the team. Like Ben Van Sumeren's the guy I'm focused on this year. He's got a chance to make the team as an undrafted player, as a special teams guy. Um, interesting. One interesting tweak was Kyron Johnson um, taking reps. Like people were hoping Nolan Smith was going to take reps at all, all ball linebacker. I'm not saying a lot of people, but some people that ain't happening. Um, Kyron Johnson was taking snaps at all ball linebacker. Really? Um, yeah. So they're trying to, um, sort of create a position for him to get him on the roster because of his special teams value, or at least that's the hope you can see that's the thought process. 
Um, you know, if that works, how does that affect Sean Bradley? Sean Bradley's got to make this team on special teams. Um, I think Christian Ellis, you know, he had the play of the day, a tremendous uh, interception of, of, of Marcus Mariota. Um, he's got some upside. But he's going to make the team. He's the third linebacker right now. And if anybody here is going to make some noise, um, I think it's going to be Christian Ellis. Um, he's athletic. He's, he's, he's smart. Um, he seems to have a feel for the game. Um, so he could be somebody that surprises, um, come the summer. Um, but they don't have a lot of, a lot of talent at linebacker. They just don't, with the exception of Nicobe Dean. And by the way, I think yesterday on the show, 110%, uh, ding, 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 ding. I, I, you know, uh, Nicholas Morrow let the cat out of the bag. Not that we didn't know it. Nicobe Dean's the green dot. Um, and that's not going to change. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the other thing Nicholas Morrow said, which was interesting to me, this is his seventh year in the NFL. And he, he's, he's been here for six weeks. And he said he's learned more about situational football in six weeks than he has in six years with the Raiders and the Bears. This team is, Nick Sirianni talks about it occasionally, this team's obsessed with situational football. And he calls film and tape from college games and when weird things happen and brings his guys together, his staff, and says, all right, how are we going to handle this situation? How are we going to handle this situation? I think that's one of the keys to the Eagles' success. They spend more time on situational football than I think anybody in the NFL. Um, And I think – sorry to interrupt, John. Um, And we'll see which one to say if there's any kind of change, but we know the defense that they played the last two years and the Fangio-style being very uh, heavy on communication and the like. If you're going to play that kind of defense, if you're going to play the kind of defense where you're going to try and keep the offense guessing until right until the ball is snapped and you're going to try and hide certain things like, oh, you better understand situational football because that's what that's all about. That type of defense that they played the last last two years is all situation. You have to be on top of the situation. Otherwise, every once in a while when it breaks down, you get a – uh, what was third and 30 that that Dak completed last year in the Cowboy game? Yeah, it was a breakdown. They miscommunicated on the play. They situationally dropped that football. But that's what this defense has been all about. So I'm not surprised when you tell me, oh, they're hyping situational football because that's how they want to play defense on basically a down in, down out, down in, down in, down out basis. Did so with Gannon, and we expect the same out of Desai, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people run that scheme, as we've talked about, ad nauseum, and they don't do it as well as, as the Eagles. And, you know, people bring up, you know, you can bring up third and 30. You can bring up the Super Bowl, blowing coverages there. Um, nobody's perfect. I mean, but, again, compared to everybody else, it, there's fewer blown coverages. Um, and unfortunately they made the mistakes on the on the biggest stage but you know again you could watch some of these other teams and do it week after week after week after week good quarterbacks bad quarterbacks blown coverage left blown coverage right it's a big difference 
you know, Reed Blankenship was another guy who got the podium treatment. And he mentioned Marcus Epps and how important Marcus Epps was for this team from a com- communication standpoint. Um, another sort of underreported story. You know, who's taking over that back secondary? You can talk about the corners. Corners, look, Darius Slay and James Bradbury are such savvy players. I talk about it all the time, but. You know, one's playing left corner, the other's playing right corner. They can't direct traffic in the secondary. That's got to be a safety. Yep. And you no longer have, you know, before um, Marcus Epps, it was Anthony Harris, a very smart player. Before Anthony Harris, it was Rodney McLeod, a very smart player. Um, Malcolm Jenkins, very smart player, maybe the smartest of them all. Who's directing traffic um, on the back end? to be determined right as of right now it looks like reed Blankenship, who is 12 years removed from being a undrafted free agent who didn't know that he was going to be in the national football league so that's a pretty big step up in responsibility eagles got him for five grand baby 12 months he's now getting the podium treatment <laughs> five grand Good for Reed Blankenship. All right, John McMullen, John McDonald, you're back and back, guys, here on Birds 365. I see in our waiting room, it's the big guy, BLG, Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation. He was there standing next to Johnny McMullen, hopefully close so he could block the sun. McMullen had the SPF uh, 70 no. on and a big hat, but yeah, having, having Brandon block the sun for you would BLG also be doesn't have to get in front of anybody. He can just look over all of us. Yeah, he never has to get Hopefully me. the sun's behind you, so that way he's doing the blocking for you. Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation up next on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. 
She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Good to see BLG. Thank you very much for jumping in. And I always appreciate your powers of observation. Read your post on uh, 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 Bleeding Green Nation this morning. Uh, You were there. John was there. I was not. Nolan Smith, bigger than you thought? I wouldn't say that for me because I didn't think he was small. But I think uh, most people, I guess, expected him to be smaller than he was. And obviously, um, I was a big proponent of the Eagles drafting Nolan Smith at 10. Uh, and certainly that they were able to get him obviously at 30 was a big uh, boon to me. And I think really a great move for the team. I think everything we heard about him in terms of, you know, bringing the energy and the passion, uh, I think that was apparent on day one. Yeah, he had to work even over 45 minutes because none of the edge rushers were there, BLG. And they did this. Have you ever seen that in seven on sevens? It was sort of, it was sort of seven on nine. Yeah. Um, where they had the two edge rushers out there. Janaris Robinson, by the way, too. I mean, that guy's he looks like an edge rusher. I don't know if he can play, but if if Hollywood was looking to cast an edge rusher, they might go after Janarius Robinson. He is yeah, so a- big and, and so impressive. Um, but Nolan, man, you know, basically they were out there to fake rush and then stop and then chase the play. Um, so he's running like 30 yards downfield 20 yards downfield he was really working hard um i think the eagles fans are gonna love his energy but have you ever i've never seen that before seven on nine we always see nine on seven we saw seven on nine yeah that's a good point um it's, it's a little different and certainly too you know obviously um can do things like you know run into the tight end kind of you know try to disrupt their routes and different yeah. things like that as well um so i guess they're i don't know if that's a sean desai thing um, I don't know if it's, uh, I don't think it's no one's missed decision, but almost in my <laughs> mind, I feel like if it was up to him, he would be out there. Cause I do think he wants to get those extra reps and find any kind of way onto the field that he can. Um, but yeah, I, I really think that, um, Eagles got a good one in him. The two big guys from Georgia didn't get a chance to see yesterday. Cause it's John pointed out it's, uh, edge guys only on the uh, seven on nine passing drills, but you got a chance to see both of the guys on the field. And I know you got a chance to talk to Jordan Davis afterwards. How much are these guys going to grow together on that defensive line? We'll see what the pairings are when they get them going. And we know the defensive tackle is a situational substitution position. Um, do you think they're going to throw those two big dogs together much during this first season? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to rotate really all those defensive tackles. That's typically what they've done here. 
Um, you know, the leaders at that position are usually, I think, only, you know, like you're talking about like 67, like 70 ish percent of the snaps. Um, and, you know, you don't really have every down kind of players at those spots. And really, you know, they need them to step up because you lose Dave on Hargrave. That's a big deal. And um, to count on, you know, just Jalen Carter as a rookie to replace all that production, that's, you know, a tall task. Um, but you need your 2020 two first round pick that you traded up for mind you to really step up as well. And I think Jordan Davis did show some potential, especially more so earlier on last season prior to that injury in the Steelers game. And it was kind of interesting um, that prior to that point, before that injury, he hadn't really been you know, on the field so much you know, as a pass rusher on those downs, as much as he was more uh, used in those five man fronts exclusively, basically. Um, and they finally started to change that right before he got hurt. But then he gets hurt, and then they sign Linval Joseph and Dominic Sue. So we didn't really get to see Jordan Davis in that role afterwards, at least as much as um, you would you maybe have hoped to see him. So uh, it's a big offseason for him, and he has to step up. Um, there was a bit of deference uh, from Nick Sirianni, specifically in the backfield, uh, where Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell sort of got the first reps ahead of uh, DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. I certainly don't expect that to continue deep into training camp. However, other guys like Nicholas Morrow at linebacker, there was no deference. What does that tell you about the backup linebackers? Yeah, I mean, there's just less guys there, I guess, Um, as opposed to, you know, you have Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott who have been here for um, the entirety, I guess, of the Nick Sirianni Sirianni era. So, uh, and then they're obviously just going to rotate at that position way more heavily at running back than they are, let's say at linebacker where last year they basically only played two guys the whole season in TJ Edwards and Kaiser white. Um, and yeah, it's, I don't think they have the guys really to get on the field outside of the uh, Kobe Dean and Morrow. Although you know, Christian Ellis had that pick. Yeah, man, I think that was a nice play. That was, was the really play nice of the day. Yeah. He, he kind of, he brought the juice. I felt like last year, limited playing time, but on special teams, um, garbage time when he's playing on defense. I feel like, you know, maybe he pushes for some kind of defensive snaps or at least as, you know, another key special teams player this year. Um, I'm really interested to see if he can do anything. Since you went to special teams, I will ask you to grade out the competition in punting yesterday Oof. between Aaron Sipasa. John had a specific grade and way to describe it. I'm looking forward to yours. How would you compare the two punters yesterday, BLG? And I think it's clear Aaron Sibas, you know, has punted in the NFL before. Um, I think it's a, a tall task, to use that term again, to, you know, have a UDFA come in here and just naturally expect that he can definitely beat out an established veteran, especially and, and outshine him from the jump. I just don't think <clears> that's realistic. We'll see if that tightens up, you know, in the training camp practices and the, the actual games. But so far, uh, unfortunately, I feel like for the Eagles, Sibas is in the lead. Yeah, I compared it to a pro wrestling squash match. It's only one day, <laughs> but that's what it was yesterday. Um, I was surprised, like Aaron's a big dude, man. And, and normally punters are like that. They they got those big lower bodies and uh, obviously powerful. I was surprised how skinny uh, Ty Zetner was in the lower body compared to Aaron Sipas. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that's... Uh, it, it, yeah, uh, that's that was such that was so lopsided 
on one day. Maybe he just had the best day of his life and Santner had the worst day of his life. If not, Ty Zettner's in trouble. That's my perspective. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a spot where they shouldn't be done. And looking like you throughout the summer, you know, you bring yeah, it could be having, somebody else. Yeah, right. It's worth having Zettner around uh, for at least the illusion of competition and pushing Sebastian. You know, maybe that brings out the best in him. Ultimately, pushing him like that, having a reminder that there's someone competing for his job. But uh, at the end of the day, they shouldn't be stopping from looking just because Sebastian beats out Zettner. Both of you guys have mentioned the interception by Ellis yesterday of Marcus Mariota. We have a new backup quarterback on the team this year. Gardner Minshew and his van has rolled out of town. Uh, and the guy who was much desired here several years ago to possibly be the future quarterback of the of the Eagles is now, uh, I think, a upgrade, slight upgrade, but an upgrade at backup quarterback. Now everyone hopes. Marcus has a great year sitting on a bench and holding a uh, clipboard and doesn't need to play. But if he does, do you think the Eagles are better at the backup quarterback position this year, BLG? I think they're different at the backup quarterback position, more so than, you know, significantly better. Um, Mariota, you look at the numbers, you look at where he's at at this point in his career, don't think he's a guy who's pushing the ball down the field (laughs) a ton as much as um, he likes to throw more underneath. And obviously, I think the mobility is big. He had his most, he had his best rusting season last year. And I think that certainly adds value in the context that, okay, your backup quarterback has to start a game. We don't have to necessarily ask him to roll the ball 30 times. Maybe we can kind of be in those low 20s if we do a lot of stuff with him, you know, designed runs or, or just counting on him to make plays with his legs. So I definitely think there's value in that. Um, but I also think, um, you know, he got benched ultimately for Desmond Ritter, not just because the season went awry, um, although that was part of it, but because, you know, um, and then again, he didn't sound like he was this super hot commodity this offseason. So there's a reason for that. Um, Back to the defensive side of the ball, two interesting tweaks to me. One I've been advocating for a while, and that's Zach McPherson in the slots. Um, the Eagles now have some bodies at uh, – Outside corner behind Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Josh Job got some first team reps, even Greedy Williams. Uh, Calais Ringo's uh, obviously they have high hopes for him. Um, I think it makes him better. Avante is still working his way back from surgery, so um, he couldn't take first team reps, and Zach McPherson was taking him. Boy, I think that's a positive. Um, what about you, BLG? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we saw the value of a backup slot cornerback. I feel like last year when Maddox went down multiple times throughout the season and teams were not shy to go right after Josiah Scott. Um, like that seemed to be just the game plan. Just whoever Josiah Scott is guarding, go, we're going to throw to that guy. And it worked out well for the most part for, for other teams there. So I definitely think that's a spot where they have to Increased competition. You know, Maddox has had some injury issues, availability issues in the past, so you have to prepare that you're not going to have him um, the entire season, especially, you know, the nature of his position, you know, kind of being in the traffic there, um, especially as a smaller guy like he is. So uh, to have McPherson there and, and look, you know, Zach McPherson is kind of quietly um, biding, biding his time where he's at. It looked like at one point last offseason that he might be the starting cornerback opposite of, of Darius Slay. That was before they were able to 
uh, have James Bradbury fall into their lap. So he's kind of been, you know, waiting for his moment to actually finally play on defense. Didn't really get it last year when the Eagles were so healthy at cornerback on the outside. Um, so this gives him another path to playing time. A couple of veteran guys not there yesterday. We can all understand that. The Eagles did that uh, uh, all the way back to Doug for sure. There were veteran days off. Nothing like getting your second day of the year off. That's pretty damn good. Uh, But with 80-some-odd guys in camp, it isn't that big a deal. Um, We expect this to continue all throughout camp, right? The Eagles going the less is more route, and that's specifically for those who uh, can get by without practice. The veterans are going to benefit from this, right, BLG? I think so. I mean, you know, we can sit here and look back at last year when, you know, some of these conversations were happening. Oh, no, they're, you know, light practice schedule. But I mean, now <laughs> they've, they've proven that um, it can work for them. Uh, certainly did last year. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think I mean, the way I look at it is like, what's one of the worst things that could possibly happen at this time of year? And it would be that you, you know, God forbid, have some kind of catastrophic injury in OTAs. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to um, the other downside by being light, I guess, is like, okay, maybe they're a little bit rusty or whatever you want to say there. But, you know, they're they're also 2-0 and in week one under Nick Sirianni. So that really hasn't been the biggest issue so far. Uh, true. I mean, it's tough not to give them the benefit of the doubt at this point uh, when it comes to stuff like that, BLG. Um, wide receiver, I think, is an interesting uh, point for the fans specifically that third spot i i get the feeling that they want to piecemeal it this year more than last year last year was sort of like all right we're, we're going to throw it at squares if we're going to run it it's zach and occasionally you throw the curveball uh with zach pascal who could at least catch the football um this year they got more of a natural slot player in alameda zacchaeus uh, that to me will enable Quest to play outside more, which is probably better for him. Also, Dan Arnold, that's a guy people are sleeping on. Yep. He is so much, um, again, one day, but he's just, he's better than as a receiver than Grant Calcaterra, obviously Jack Stoll. Now Jack's going to be here because mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts loves him. He's a great blocker. That's his role. But is Dan Arnold going to be on this team? Because I think he's got a real chance if they want to sort of piecemeal it and go with different looks. He might be the replacement for Zach Pascal in that, you know, run receiving look. Yeah, I think that's a fair observation. I mean, he made a really good catch, I thought, in practice yesterday. Contested, leaping catch. Um, that drew praise from his teammates uh, at his position. So, um certainly flashed early on and i kind of think back to him when the eagles played against him in 2020 uh i believe that was jalen hurts's second start there against the cardinals i remember he had some big plays against the eagles defense now obviously that wasn't the best team but still um he has flashed at times in the nfl i think there could be something there uh you know we'll see how health and everything shakes out the tight end position but to get back to the wide receiver uh three battle quote unquote yeah, I don't think it's, you know, as simple as, oh, it's either going to be Quez or Olamide as much as it's kind of just a question of what's the timeshare between those two guys and what's the snap count look like. Uh, and I think that has the chance to fluctuate with, you know, how everyone's performing, 
what the game plan is because you know, those are two different players. You know, I think Quez yeah. is more of a stretch the field guy. You know, where as you pointed out, Alameda is more traditional classic slot receiver, kind of kind of you know catch a pass over the middle of the field, make some guys miss, and make things happen that way. I guess it'll be kind of interesting to see um, the evolution of Jalen Hurts' game in the sense that I don't think he's like the biggest check down quarterback. Um, but there were times last year, and I think about the 49ers championship game specifically, where the, the situation kind of called for that more and just taking what's there and kind of relying on your skilled players to make some plays uh, after they make the catch. So I think that's a kind of a new element that they could potentially have in the offense this year with Alameda. All right, back to tight ends. Got it's number one, stole number two for blocking purposes, whatever, three. So the battle is on four, T-E-3. Uh, Arnold made a big play yesterday. Uh, certainly Calcaterra as a draft pick is a guy they're going to give chances to. How about that, Tyree Jackson? Back out there on the field yesterday, maybe the biggest tease in Philadelphia over the past two years, a guy who looks good, makes a play in preseason. You get excited. Oh, guess what? He's injured again. Uh, and he's done for the season. Uh, out there again yesterday, did he grab your eye at all, Brandon Lee Young? Um, other than just being out there for the first time, you know, since what, you know, like uh, the 2021 season, really, because he didn't do much. He wasn't really or no, no, he did play last year a little bit, but like he wasn't much of a factor and certainly not in the off season. It wasn't until the regular season that he finally um, got healthy and played on special teams and a few just a very few offensive snaps. So, um, you know, look, this is a make or break summer for him. Like this is probably his last chance here. Uh, after missing a lot of last offseason. So um, it's his second true full offseason going from quarterback to tight end. So um, he's really going to have to show something. And number two, as you mentioned, he has to stay healthy because he's had a lot of different injuries here. Um, and I almost wonder like, if he's too big. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like watching yeah. him play on special teams, it almost – and I say that as someone who's taller than him, but I almost <laughs> wonder like, if, he's, if he's like too big and – uh, like prone to injury or or just like, I, I don't know, not compact enough. I don't know if that's a real thing, but I kind of wonder about that. Yeah, but he, he's the offensive Janarius Robinson. He's yes. the guy, no matter how many times I see him, I go, whoa. Like a player. <laughs> yeah, and same thing with Janarius. But yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't see a path um, to uh, a roster spot for Tyree anymore especially now with Arnold here um because I just don't see the the consistency from mm -hmm. practice to practice uh but he is impressive uh physically no mm -hmm. no doubt about that so uh he'll probably get a chance when he ultimately leaves here somewhere else I mean that's how impressive he is but um you mentioned Jalen Hurts it's funny because I I was just texting Ed Ed my buddy Ed Kratz about, you know, what are we going to do today? And, um, you know, he's writing Jalen Hurts. And I'm like, Jalen bores me now. He's, he's like, he's too good. I'm like, I, that, I, what can I do with that, Brad? It's amazing how this has uh, gone about. People love to criticize me all the time because, you know, I would say, I don't see Jalen Hurts ever being a superstar in this league. I was wrong. Sure. He is unbelievable, and it's become somewhat boring. Am I overstating that? 
No, I mean that's that's kind of like a good place to be in for for a player in training camp. Uh, I think certain players graduate to that level. You know, we've seen that over time, where you know, once upon a time when Fletcher Cox was like first year, second year, pretty interesting to watch him in training yeah, camp. Guys yeah. like that, or you know, Lashawn McCoy once upon a time, or Zach Ertz once upon a time, Jason Kelsey, whoever you want to say. Um, certainly, you keep an eye on those guys at one point, and then at some point, you're like, oh, they're just good. So there's really no <laughs> even point about including like okay Zach Ertz makes a great catch okay I'm not really gonna put that in my notes or tweet it because everyone's expecting that it's not even interesting anymore so I definitely think it's a good place uh, for Jalen Hurts to be in that spot of course you know uh, if he starts struggling which I don't anticipate you know and through training camp or whatever that'll certainly be noted but um, as long as he's looking good which I thought he mostly was on the first day of OTA, especially first pass right away. Strong start. Yeah. Um, that yeah. Completion over the middle to Quez Watkins. Um, yeah. It's a good place to be. And he's the unquestioned leader of this team, which we've known since they drafted him, that he was a guy who was going to be when, if given a chance, a take charge kind of guy. And he certainly is that right here, right now. How necessary is that with a new offensive coordinator? Now those two are tied to have known each other forever, but it's a major change when you have a guy like Shane Steichen leaving the organization. How much is Brian Johnson's life made easier by Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I think there's definitely, you know, an open uh, dialogue there. I saw them uh, chatting on the sideline during practice yesterday. Um, I guess when the twos were up. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of value in that. I also think that um, it's an interesting spot because you were so successful on offense last year. You obviously don't want to reinvent the wheel and change everything just because it's a new guy. Um, but certainly, you know, you have to account for, you know, defenses adjusting to you and whatnot. So there's going to have to be some tweaks and you have some new skill pl- or well, really just Alameda. You have some new faces though. Um, so you have to account for that as well. But yeah, I definitely think that relationship is uh, a good thing to have. And it's a little more concerning um, not to make it about Carson Wentz, but like when you have a Carson Wentz situation where, uh, you know, maybe Jalen Hurts or the quarterback can't take that criticism. And I know Hurts can. Um, so, I, and it seems like, you know, Brian Johnson can push him while at the same time um, still maintaining a good relationship and uh, making sure that uh, both sides are doing their best to succeed. Um, Want to pick your brain on, on the podium theory, BLG. Um how much stock do you put into when the Eagles bring up a, a Nicholas Morrow or a Reed Blankenship or a Terrell Edmonds and um, single those players out? How much stock do you put into, hey, the Eagles must think pretty highly of so-and-so? Yeah, it's not nothing. You know, this is like a, an active, conscious decision. It's not just by yeah. accident. Um, you know, I think there's some, uh, you know, the player has to be involved at somewhat, at least a little bit, I feel like. Um, uh, but also, you know, it's you're acquiescing to the media request as well at some level. But yeah, I definitely think there's something to be said for that. And, um, you know, it, it makes sense in the sense that you know, Morrow is really the only established linebacker on the team. I think you can say, you know, N'Kobe Dean has potential and there's hope for him, but um, he has not proven it at the NFL level yet, whereas Morrow has. And then Reed Blankenship, he has not quite fully proven it, um, but he did show potential last season. And at least relative to Sidney Brown, who's a rookie and coming in here and new, he's, he's experienced and 
And uh, it's a new defensive system, so you can't really say, like, oh, he has this big leg up necessarily in the scheme. But he's been here before, uh, as opposed to Terrell Edmonds, who's a new face. So, yeah, definitely think there's value in that. BLG, I know you're not going to learn much in these limited practices that the Eagles are having. We still got to figure out who's going to be the right guard on this team. uh, They they have a, I think, an underrated player to replace. And I'm glad that Jason Kelsey agrees with me on that one because everybody knows it's the guy standing next to him. Um, Is it going to be a competition? Do you think the Eagles have a lean to begin with? Is it something that could change? Or if they make the call, will they stay committed to it throughout the entire year? If I had to uh, place a wager, yeah, speculate on um, who, which, which player um, plays the most right guard snaps this season. I think I would take, you know, not Cam Jurgens. I think I'd take the field over Cam Jurgens, and okay. that's not because I think Cam Jurgens is necessarily going to be. Uh, I, I, it's not because I'm down on him as a player. I don't think anyone is. I, I just don't know about him playing guard. That's a totally new position for him. Is no experience there other than maybe some practice reps. He was obviously taking the reps there um, in OTAs. But this idea that like you can't just have him on the bench because he was the 51st overall pick last year. I mean, Tyler Steen was the 66th overall pick this year. So like, or 65th, whatever he was. Yeah. Um, so like, is that really a big difference? Like, I, I don't think it is. And I think that. I know Steen doesn't have that experience so much at uh, guard either, especially right guard, but uh, I definitely think he's more of the body type that the Eagles are looking for. And, um, you know, Joe Santillo did an article for us last week at Bleeding Green Nation, kind of um, talking to Brian Baldinger. And, and Baldy was talking about how, you know, um, like he, he's close with Lane. And in theory, I think Lane kind of wants to play with a bigger guy at right guard. He's kind of had that for a lot of his career, especially, you know, the, in the days of Brandon Brooks. Brooks. Um, and I think that's something that the Eagles have liked under Jeff Stoutland as a whole. He's kind of tackle-sized guards, I would say. And you look at Cam Jurgens, and you can't envision him playing tackle. Uh, he certainly – and he doesn't have to. But, like, I, I just think it's a, it's a totally different body type. Um, so uh, I, I just think Steen is a legitimate contender for that spot. Yeah, and you look at the other side, uh, Brandon. I mean, a lot of the reason why the Eagles have wanted those bigger bodies at guard is to protect the undersized Jason Kelsey. So now mm-hmm. you have undersized, undersized, yep. um, which could be an issue, especially against those big, um, powerful inside interior Dexter players. Lawrence, who can, yeah. Uh, Dexter Lawrence typed Linball Joseph back. And Kelsey would always tell me how strong Linball was when he was back on the Giants. I uh, really gave him headaches. That type of player could really be an issue uh, with those two guys in the middle. So I do think it's something to keep an eye on. And I definitely think long-term Tyler Steen's going to be, that's the plan. He's going to be the right guard. The question is how quickly do you get there? Um, I guess I'll end it uh, with uh, one interesting week and it could be good it could be bad uh, make sure you follow brandon on twitter at brandon gowton bleeding green nation um tremendous podcast he's great on our show he's great everywhere uh make sure you follow brandon um it's it's under the radar but Kyron johnson so he was playing off ball linebacker yesterday um when you change positions because he had been an edge rusher it could be good 
could be they're trying to find a place for him, maybe because he's a good special teams player, or it could be bad. It could be the last resort. Like, this guy can't play here. We're going to try him here, and he's going to get cut. Your, your feel, I know it's tough at this point, but your feel on that move, because I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, you can really talk yourself into either way, depending on how you feel about it. Uh, I think that um, do the we talked about earlier, the, they're, they're light at linebacker. They do not have a lot of bodies there, so why not? You know, put something more on Kyron Johnson's plate here and see if that's something he can take on as well and give them more depth at that position. Or maybe they feel confident that he can kind of be a go-between and play it either. Um, you know, I think there obviously has to be some willingness from the player as well. And I think to see that buy-in is good, and that certainly increases his chances of, you know, sticking around, finding a path to uh, being having value on this roster. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think it's a, a matter of, um, you know, him again, trying to find his way onto this team any way he can and, and trying to carve out a role. BLG last one for me. And oh, as always, thank you for jumping in. Um, <clears throat> two new coordinators yesterday, and we'll get a look at how the teams play once the season gets underway, specifically play calling with Brian Johnson should be very interesting. But there's also how they handle practices. Some guys are hands-on and screamers and yellers, and other guys are stand back and specifically talk to their position. Could I get this guy up to speed, let someone else handle it? Uh, any differences between the two note coordinators uh, yesterday and the first practice got a chance to see and Steichen and Gannon from last year? Um, I said one difference that I noticed was that I don't think I really noticed Shane Steichen on the sideline before. I mentioned that earlier. Jalen Hurts was talking to Brian Johnson like that. I feel like Shane was always kind of backed by Sirianni, like behind the quarterbacks there, kind of like, I guess, like 15, 20 yards or so behind the offensive uh, or the line of scrimmage. Um, so I don't know if that's any different at all. And Johnson wants kind of like a different view uh, of his offense, if that's a better perspective for him or if that's just ha happened to be where he was or if he was trying to talk to some of the players on the sideline where they're lining up more so. Um, that could be something. I don't know. We'll continue to monitor that uh, with the final OTA practice and training camp. Desai, I honestly didn't even notice him a ton, I can't say, on day one at least. you know, um, I, I think Jim Schwartz, I always remember where he was when he was coaching the team, especially in those seven-on-sevens. He liked to you know, line up right, uh, basically as the center almost, and uh, you know, look back at his defense and see how they were lining up from that perspective. Um, Gannon, I felt like, kind of stood in different areas, and, you know, could be more of an energy guy at times, uh, kind of hyping guys up. Um, you know, he obviously came from a background where he coached the secondary. So maybe that was kind of more of an inclination for him. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I, I think that those kind of things are going to be interesting to see. And I guess ultimately, too, um, when that the game start, you know, are these guys calling the game from the booth? Are they going to be down on the field? You know, we'll, we'll see on those things. Different guys handled differently. That's why I needed your take. We love all your takes. BLG, thank you very much. Please check out his website, Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, I do every single day. Thank you much for jumping in with us on this morning. Thanks, guys. Brennan Lee Gowton, Bleeding Green Nation, here with us on Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, coming back. Um, got a specific question about John. Looking forward. The Eagles are going to work out today and then next week, and then before you know it, uh, since they're not going to have a mandatory mini camp, we'll be at camp. 
And then there's a couple of camp things I want to get into with John when we come back. And oh, by the way, coming up about 25 minutes from now, Mike Quick, say, would hop aboard with us today. I thought he'd be a good guy to get with the whole third wide receiver question and the DeAndre Hopkins question. Why not talk to one of the greatest receivers in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles and the, uh, of course, color analyst on the Eagles broadcast radio network. Uh, so Mike Quick coming up in about 20. Mac and Mac coming back in just a couple. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Mega Mac guys here with you on Birds 365. Thank you, LG. Great for jumping in with us. Um, I don't know about you, John. Uh, if I wasn't down at the ocean, as you can see behind us, uh, those pools look pretty good. I'm, I'm ready for the summer. Uh, backyard pool. For the yeah, it's going to be 92 today. Is uh, it going to get to 92? Yeah. 
nice to have a pool. Some are today. finally arriving. Is yeah. that what you're telling me? That's well, but then it's going back down, I think, in the 60s tomorrow. So it's weird. Uh, well, what, whatever happened to global? Where's global warming when you need it? Uh, yeah, it's been pool, a cool, you... uh, cool spring. Typically, uh, it's gone from uh, winter to summer pretty quickly. Not this right. year. Not the case this year. I um, wanted to ask you about this with the fact that, as uh, I just noted before we went to break, um, shortened for OTAs next week. You'll get another day to check out uh, some of the players. We'll see if some of the veterans show up for that or if they've got uh, veteran hall passes that they don't have to show. Uh, before you know it, we're going to be in preseason. Camp will open up, and then we'll actually get the all-important, and i am got my tongue-in-cheek here, uh, preseason games because the Eagles have this newborn philosophy of less is more, and it surely worked for them last year. Uh, there are three preseason games home, at the Ravens, home against the Browns, at the Colts. Oh, preseason football. Oof. What, what happened to the uh, one of the great traditions in sports, the Eagles and the Jets? They are playing later this season, so, yeah, you don't really need to play them twice. Uh, but the Eagles and Jets not uh, playing. Yeah, a the greatest uh, uh, tradition in sports is no more. It's uh, a good point, Jody. I, uh, I was perturbed and bummed out about that, but uh, it is what it is. Here's the question I got for you. I haven't seen this. You should know. But then again, if you don't, I'm not surprised because that's where the Eagles uh, do their business. Have they reported yet who they're going to do joint practices with? Um, that's a good question. I. I remember the story I have to double check about Cleveland. Um, and an, I, I'm 90% sure they're doing joint practices with Cleveland. They did, they went to Cleveland last year. And I think that's a reciprocation thing. I don't know if it's been officially announced. I have to double check that in the break. Um, but and yeah. Try and avoid that. Now, they've got that. Kind of like in between week now with the way the NFL's laid out its schedule. Um, used to be you practiced, you tried to get that last preseason game over by uh, Saturday at the latest, Thursday or Friday preferable, and then you get a couple extra days and yeah, you play into the next week. So 10 days off between your last preseason game and your regular season game. Now they got a week built in between. Does that mean they could have joint practices against the Colts? Change Steichen against uh, his former boss as they uh, each get ready for their upcoming season by testing each other in joint practices? Um, it, by the way, it has, uh, yeah, the Browns are going to be in for joint practices. So I know Kevin Stepanski said it. I don't, I don't recall the Eagles talking about it, but I don't recall if we even asked uh, Nick about it at this point. Um, Let's see, August 16th and 17th between, in the game um, is August. Uh, I, actually, no, that's 17th the, is the game again. The game's August 17th. So, anyway, it should be before that. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, typically they did last year, they did, they went to Cleveland, they went to Miami. Um, and typically, Nick puts a lot of emphasis on uh, joint practices. That's why I'm um, asking. <laughs> the year before was Jets and, Jets and uh, Patriots. Jets and Patriots. It was one. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. One, um, Jets and Patriots. So, yeah, I expect him. I'll ask him. Um, I haven't asked him because, um, you know, it's down the road. But it would yeah, make sense that would be the Ravens because that's the first one. Again, do you want to do joint practices? But also, they've got the full roster until cutdowns. Yeah. So it yeah. isn't like, uh, yeah, you don't want to do that third one because A, it's bumping up against the, the season, and B, you have less players. Oh, no, you got the full complement of players right up until cutdowns. There's no. As you go, cut down dates this year. Yeah, so no more cut Maybe down. it is the Colts. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, Nick and Shane get along, so it wouldn't be hard to put that together. Um, and they both, you know, Nick values it so much, I can't imagine Shane doesn't value it. So um, I'll ask him that. Uh, he'll, he'll, he has to talk next week because he hasn't talked this week, and obviously talk as they're going. And I'll I'll make sure to to ask him that. But uh, yeah, I expect uh, two teams. It's been two teams. Why not two teams? All right. Uh, those are got... important than the preseason games. I mean, they they take that more seriously than the preseason games, and they have since Nick has gotten here. That's why I brought it up, and uh, I just got, it came to me because I said, "Uh oh." The season's actually underway. Eagles are practicing. I'm seeing video of the Eagles. How do we get the opening day? We got to go to preseason. Oh, preseason means joint practices. So that's why I, I uh, meant to ask you about it today. Here's another guy I want to ask you about because we haven't mentioned him yet. I didn't see anybody uh, in recapping yesterday's practice say anything about him. Devin Allen. Was he even there yesterday? Uh, no, he wasn't. He was one of the guys who wasn't there. Okay. Um, 
Now, he might be doing his track stuff. I don't know the track uh, schedule, um, which is interesting to me. I mean, I, I thought he was going to give up track uh, when he sort of made his – I remember him saying at the time, if he's going to do it, he's got to do it now right. uh, because of his age. Um, but he continues to run track, and he's very successful as well. Um yeah, so he was not there. Um, and I don't know if he's, you know, he's got one foot in both. I don't know if, if it's going to work. Talk about make or break, guys. You mentioned Tyree Jackson. This is kind of fish or cut bait that uh, they've been waiting for him to stay healthy, to be able to play no matter how good he looks. You got to be able to get out there on the field. I agree with that sentiment. It's got to be the same with Devin Allen, right? Either he's going to be good enough to return kickoffs, which, oh, by the way, now has less emphasis because of the rule change in the National Football League. How many kickoffs are you really going to take off, uh, try and take back? Uh, so his chance to make the team has already been compromised, and if he's still running track, uh, that's uh, not a way to get uh, your foot in the door with the Philadelphia Eagles, is it, Johnny Mack? No, I mean, they like him, so I don't know if it's uh, about that. But you're right about kick returns. I mean, those are meaningless now. I, I, You know, they, they, they can't make it. it to me, it's going to be more about having a secure guy back there in case somebody wants to mortar kick it or in case somebody's going to try to pin you inside the 25 and then you just raise your hand and catch the football. It's going to be – and they have Britton Cubby to do that. I mean, Britton is secure as – uh, you, you, you know, you can be, um, yeah. I mean, to me, he's going to have to make the team as a receiver, um, cause he's not a punt returner and obviously he's got tremendous speed. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. I, I don't, I don't see a path other than the practice squad again. And I think they like him enough to keep him around, but I, I don't think, we're at the point where it's going to be anything meaningful as far as playing time. And because uh, I remember some people got overly excited when they signed Devin. They got the fastest guy in the world. Doesn't mean he's a football player. And uh, uh, if I were a betting man, I would bet against him being part of the mix for the Eagles this year. All right. Here's a question that I'm going to try and meld two worlds with. And, if you tell me, Jody, you can't do it, it's apples and oranges, why do you even go there? Um, as you were watching practice yesterday, I was watching the Phillies lose again to the Mets in an afternoon tilt at City Field. And the Phillies have now lost four games in a row. And the Phillies are six games below 500. And their season is getting old fast. Not good. <laughs> I'm not writing them off. I'm not burying them. But right now, it's getting late in- early is the old saying. Exactly right. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned. Let's put it that way. And some <clears throat> people have suggested, well, this might be a little bit of a World Series hangover. That because they made that late run, it takes so much more, and you're into it. And uh, Phillies actually came up short in the World Series after this unbelievable run through the National League. Is it, is it the players are the only ones who know? And I think it's a, a viable media narrative, but I don't know if it's actually true or not. But some people are going to put some stock into it. And when they look as bad as they do right now, 
I got to at least consider it. We have another team in town that went right to the doorstep and couldn't pass the threshold and came up just short, and that's your Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and in football, of course, it's called a Super Bowl hangover, not a World Series hangover. We haven't talked much about that this year. And uh, you can't get any closer to winning the game than the Eagles did. So there's frustration. There's the longer season. There's the tough to get back and rededicate and everything else. Is that any concern for this team? A Super Bowl hangover? The history says teams that lose the Super Bowl have a difficult time getting back there again. Not impossible, but very difficult. How much of that is actually a factor in this season, J-Mac? Um, I, I, I do think there's a human nature aspect to go, you know, sort of breathe and say, oh, I got to do this again and get to the cusp of the mountain. Um, I don't know how you measure that. I think when teams fail coming off a, you mentioned the world series or, uh, the super bowl, I think people automatically, well, Super Bowl hangover. But I don't know how you quantify that. Like, to me, the bigger concern with the Eagles is, and I said this, if you ran it back, if they were able to keep everybody and there was no salary cap issues and you kept your assistant coaches, I know fans wanted to keep one, not the other. But my point is, if you keep everything the same, I don't don't know if you can repeat it, Jody. I mean – so many career seasons, so many across the board, both sides of the football. Are they going to play at that level again for a second kick? I mean, career season, that's a term because it's a career season. Now, some guys keep getting better. Right. That's been Jalen Hurts. Can Jalen Hurts get even better? Yeah. Can he, can he take a step back? Yeah. I mean – and it, it, we talk about the defensive side of the ball. Javon Hargrave, uh, best season in his career. Josh Sweat, best season in his career. Um, I don't, people say Brandon because of the sacks. He's played better. Um, uh, Bradbury, best season of his career. First all pro season. TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, Marcus Epps, CJ. Everybody had the best seasons of their careers. Almost everybody. uh, Offensively. Jason Kelsey's Jason Kelsey, right? But he's 35. How do do you keep at that level? Lane Johnson, best right tackle of the world. Torn adductor muscle. Again, injuries, injuries, age. 32, 33 season. How do you keep that going? Um, You know, Landon Dickerson seems ascending. Um, um, Devontae Smith ascending. Jordan Mailata ascending. Those you can argue. A.J. Brown sort of on the cusp. But again, Miles Sanders' career year. A.J. career year. Devontae career year to this point. All of that. How, how often? You, you've been covering sports forever, Jody. How often do you see that many guys on one team hit an apex at the same time. Yeah, Sometimes you have a couple guys, a couple guys take a step back. Everybody's hitting the apex at the same time. That's rare. That is it, very, very rare. That's my bigger concern than hangovers. It is. And 
there are some that as good as they were last year, I think they can be better. But there are some that if you're being realistic about it and projecting what they're going to do this year, it'll probably coming back a little bit. Um, of those guys who are still here, and Javon Hargrave certainly had a career year. Nobody would argue that. If you did, you're not paying close enough attention. Yeah, I hope he has a little bit of a comeback this year because it's going to be with the 49ers, <laughs> not with the Eagles. But of those that stayed, those that are still here, those that are going to be key contributors to the Eagles this year, who do you fear the biggest drop-off from? I think uh, I, I keep hearing from people saying um, Darius Slay because of his age and because he had the great first half and sort of evened out in the second half. Um, although I would argue we were so good in the first half, you just can't keep it up at that level. Um, I think he's the, the most common thing people uh, uh, point to. Um I would go more Brandon Graham. Uh, um, and and he's a lesser player, um, at least at this point of his career, situationally. And even Fletcher Cox, who I think has been on the descent. I mean, you're talking about aging players. And, and the Eagles know this. That's why they drafted Nolan Smith, and that's why right. they drafted Jalen Carter. Um, they know they need to replenish. Um, but again, those guys – and. I think you know by now I have tremendous hopes for Chandler Carter, but I do know, I do acknowledge well, it's not going to be from day one. There's going to be some hiccups along the way with rookie players. There always is. Um, so are those things going to meet and mesh perfectly? Um, probably not. So that's, that's my bigger concern as a whole. But I, I think Slay's going to be fine. He was great yesterday, by the way. I think Bradbury's going to be fine in this scheme, um, even though he's post-30. You know, maybe even get a little better. Maybe Avante Maddox stays healthier. And if mm -hmm. he's on the field for 17 games as opposed to nine or whatever it was, right there, that's a big upgrade. So – and, and N'Kobe Dean, you know, what is N'Kobe going to be? There's – this team's really high on him, you know. I know you're really high on him. Uh, um, if he lives up to the Jody Mack billing, well, all of a sudden you're even better at, at a position you were really good at. Um, but, you know, the, the positive – there's two ways to go, right? There's always a path in the road. One's really good. One's not so good. Sometimes it goes in a negative direction. Let me run this one by you. And again, uh, Mike Quick going to join us coming up hopefully in less than five minutes now. Um, I, I agree with you. I think the two most worrisome spots, and I'm not talking drastic drop of, oh, my God, get them off the field, but just not as good as last year or their, certainly their entire career. But the most important uh, comparison is last year. If it's Fletcher and it's Brandon Graham, and they both already had phenomenal careers for the Philadelphia Eagles, but we see a pretty good drop-off this year, which are they better situated to replace? If Fletcher doesn't deserve his reps and he's getting beat and he just doesn't look like Fletcher. Brandon Graham isn't getting to the quarterback. Got 
double-digit sacks, first time in his career at his advanced age, and we're sitting here week four, and he has no sacks and a handful of pressures. Which are they better suited to replace the amount of snaps that those two players usually get? Um, probably they're 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 equipped to replace both, but probably Fletch because of Jalen. Jalen Carter. I mean, I think Jalen Carter is going to be top five defensive player in the league, like player when not not immediately, but um, when he hits his stride, when he hits his prime, I think he's going to be a difference maker. I think he's going to be a game wrecker. Um, I think Nolan Smith has a chance to be a really good player. Um, but I don't know if he's going to be that type of player. Um, so just from that standpoint, but they're well equipped for both. I mean, those are that. I mean, that's you don't want to see it happen. But you know, it, in theory, Brandon plays less, so I could see people going in the other direction. I mean, Reddick plays more, Sweat plays more, and all of a sudden, if Nolan, you have Nolan Smith to plug in there, I don't think you're going to have an issue there either. But just because of what I think of Jalen Carter as a player, um, I think he's going to be on a different level. So that's why I, I go probably in a different direction than most people would go. And give Howie Roseman credit, and it's nothing new because Eagles have for years been trenches first, everything else secondary. They've done a nice job at getting star players from the University of Georgia to potentially step in and take over roles from Eagles veterans who have been outstanding and are champions on this team and in this town. But uh, yeah, the years are starting to add up for them. All right. Coming up next is a guy who through the years has been great here in Philadelphia, first on the field for the Eagles and then in the booth for the Eagles. Uh, the man who gets to hang with Merrill Reese on a weekend week out basis during the year, uh, all time great Philadelphia Eagle wide receiver, Mike Quick. Joins us next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! 
Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Your Mega Mac guys here on Third Street 65, John McMullen, Jody McDonald. And as he takes a sip to refresh himself to be ready to talk football yeah. with us, is all time great Eagles wide receiver and Eagles color analyst, Mike Quick. Uh, Mike, no, during your offseason, you took some time to go abroad. How was your trip across the pond? Uh, it was outstanding, guys. I, John and Jody, first of all, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on with you guys. Our pleasure, Mike. Good you're to see you, favorite. Mike. You're two of my favorites. And, yeah, um, that trip was really a bucket list kind of experience for me because being a guy who's just a golf fanatic, um, I got a chance to finally go to the old course at St. Andrews and experience that, and it was a lot of fun. Wow. How difficult was it? That's what I want to know. But everything's um, difficult for me on the course, Mike. So. Yeah, well, it was, it was difficult. It was – but it was kind of what I expected. You know, the conditions yeah. there are usually different from here uh, with yeah. the winds and uh, the weather. But we lucked out. It wasn't real bad weather. And so we had a real nice time. Yeah. Nice. Um, uh, OTAs, while well, you're enjoying yourself, the Eagles were back on the field, at least for a little bit. We know I, Nick yeah, and, and how he runs things. But, you know, he deserves the benefit of the doubt, by the way, Mike. But. I guess we'll start a receiver for obvious reasons. Um, Eagles fans are are really interested in the third receiver spot. I kind of look at it differently, and I want to pick your brain about it. Um, yeah, you know they brought in Alameda Zacchaeus, who's five eight, looks like a natural slot receiver. You know, Quez can run by anybody, but to me, he looks like more of an outside receiver. I think it's going to be more game plan based this year because Devontae and AJ, they can move, but they can play everywhere. That's the luxury. You can move them in the slot and you can have Quez Watkins outside. Am I delving too deep into this or is it just going to be a wide receiver three or is it going to be more piecemeal? John, I just believe that any of these guys at the position can play outside if you want them to. They can play inside if you want them to. 
I'm not one who will box a guy into an outside or it or an inside guy. I, I believe that if you're a real pro at the position, you can play outside or inside. Now there are some limitations when you get to a guy's size. If he's not, if he doesn't have the ability to win at the line of scrimmage, he may not be a guy that you want um, on the outside. You may want to put a guy like that in the slot. But I think when you can play the position, you can play outside, you can play inside. I remember when Justin Jefferson was coming out, and many yeah. people said that he was a slot receiver, and I'm screaming, no, no, no. <laughs> you can put this guy anywhere on the field, and he's going to produce. Um, and I just say that about most receivers. On the flip side of that, coverage of of wide receivers outside inside quote unquote slot corners uh some people believe that guys are just flat out better at it uh you were a guy who moved inside and outside you probably caught different guys who covered you right were there guys who were just better at covering the slot i know there were guys who were just better at covering outside but uh, yeah. The flexibility you're looking for out of receivers, I'm sure you're looking for the same from your D-backs. Is it more specialized on a defensive side in your mind? So I believe that's true. I, I think for a slot corner, um, you want a guy who has cat quickness and changes directions very quickly, um, can play in a lot of traffic. But he's generally a guy who doesn't have long speed. And the cornerbacks are guys that you want to make sure that they have long speed because right. if you got a you know, wide receivers on the outside, one of the things that you want to do most is go deep. You want to take guys deep. You want to beat guys for a touchdown. And with that, you have to have the long speed. And if you're a cornerback that just has the quickness, you don't have the long speed, the outside is really not the place for you. You're going to end up you're running behind guys and you that's the last place you want to be if you're a cornerback. So so yeah, there there are certain skill sets for all the positions, but it's hard for me to say that a guy is only a slot receiver. That that's pretty tough for me. Now, uh, Mike, you were very good obviously. You were a tremendous receiver. I don't want to bring up uh, uh bad memories for you, but AJ finally broke your record. It stood for so long. In this era, Come on, John, we just amazing. By the way, it's amazing how long it stood. Uh, you deserve exactly. a ton of credit for that. But what I'm getting to, Mike, is you were so good. I've heard this before. Like you think about baseball managers, backup catchers, they always say backup yeah. quarterbacks make good coaches. And you say you don't like to limit guys to slot receivers. It was thing you were. You were so good. In other words, maybe things were easier for you. Maybe things are easier for AJ Devante, who are tremendous receivers, than yeah. more role player type receivers. Do you have to guard against that? Because there are role. You need role players on a when you're building a roster. Sure, you absolutely need role players, but um, I think roles can change. I, I don't think you have to be like stuck into that role that box that that many times people want to put you in as a role player. Um, and I think we've seen that over the years. When Ted Marchabroda came to Philadelphia um, in my second or third year, I played in the slot a lot. I was not a slot receiver. I was an outside receiver. But I played in the slot a lot. And I'd probably learned more football playing in the slot 
I became better at understanding the coverages and the movements of the guys inside the linebackers and the safety, the way they interacted, interchanged. Um, and it just made me a better football player. I was primarily an outside guy, but I spent a lot of time in the slot and I became that motion guy as well. Uh, mm-hmm. When, when they tried to get me away from defenders, when they were trying to double team me all the time, they would put me in a position where I'm motioning and moving um, similar to what I believe that they're going to do a, a lot more going forward with Devontae Smith. I think that's going to be important. Interesting. Um, I don't want to stay in the uh, role player uh, area. Zach Pascal played a role for the Philadelphia Eagles last year. It wasn't a major yes. role, but it was a role and it was one that the coach truly appreciated. That's why they went out and got him, brought him in here and used yep. him the way that they did. And he was very effective at it. He was a very good blocking wide receiver. And yeah, the couple of times that they'd fake and actually let him go out and get open in the pass, he'd catch the ball. And I think they will miss Zach Pascal. Who's going to fill that role if they don't have a guy? who's the blocker that Zach Pascal was, will they just do away with that role? How will they handle Zach Pascal not being here, Mike Quick? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, you know, as the offense starts to evolve, I think some of the things that he was doing, you, we just, you won't see that. Or you'll see a tight end, uh, maybe a Jack Stowe or uh, Grant Calcaterra, one of those guys doing it. One of the things that Zach was good at doing down in the goal line area when they needed a guy to block, like to uh, like motion in and block on a linebacker or seal the inside, that sort of stuff, uh, you can get a tight end, one of your backup tight ends to do that sort of work because I don't think that there is a wide receiver uh, on the roster. You could use A.J. Brown to do that because he's just a physical guy, but yeah. you don't really – you want A.J. in other roles. Yeah. If, you, if it came down to it, he could certainly do that, but you want him – as the featured guy that you're getting the ball to along with Devontae Smith. By the way, I think AJ got bigger, Mike. I just saw him yesterday. I don't know how, but I think he got bigger. He he man, he he looks he looks good. But John, I'm going I'm going over today to watch and I haven't uh so I'm excited about getting over there today and what the possibility I just want to see what they look like now. I mean it for me it doesn't tell you a whole lot this early. But just watching the movement yeah. of the guys, I want to go get over today just to see what they look like. Well, they do have a young kid, the uh, undrafted kid from Clemson, uh, Joseph Nada, who's you know really big, really physical. I you know I, I'll be interested when I see it down there to pick your brain on him because he looks he looks really impressive physically. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see as he gets into training camp. But that's somebody uh, to keep an eye on. You mentioned Devonte. I I wanted to ask: Have you ever seen a, a player with that frame be <laughs> that uh, uh, physical? Yeah, and it, it, it's amazing how physical he is. And he's—I'll never forget the first time I saw Devonte's legs, Mike. I was like, "What?" I I, I was scared. Uh, there <laughs> were little toothpick legs. He's so long. Yet he's got these big hands. It's like a character out of Greek mythology. Uh, it's just <laughs> you don't see it. Have yeah. you ever seen? Uh, have you ever seen a comp in all your years around this game for Devonte Smith physically? 
So when I hear that, I immediately think of uh, Anthony Carter. And oh, Anthony. We, yeah. we are all at the age that we remember Anthony Carter, and he was a great football player. Yeah. Uh, played oh, for yeah. the Vikings a lot of years. I think he's out of Michigan or Michigan yeah, State. Yeah, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. 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 Um, I always think about Anthony Carter because he, yeah, those little skinny legs. And I was surprised to see that someone in the National Football League had skinnier legs than mine. And it was Anthony <laughs> Carter. <laughs> and, and now I, I just think it's Devontae. But I think what really separates him is that he has a, a set of skills that's just above nearly everybody when you watch his movement when you watch him getting off the line of scrimmage when you watch him in and out of his route when you watch the way he can contort and get to the football um he has some stuff that a lot of people just don't have he is physically gifted in ways that a lot of people just are not and he has a heart and this is the other comp when you when I think about the way he plays the game at such a small stature. Allen Iverson, the way he would go in against anybody, that's the way I see Devontae Smith. I love the kid. Not afraid to compete at the highest of high levels. All right. Here's why I'm glad to hear you going over to practice today. You're the Eagles practice. color analyst. Uh, practice. Call, call it you want. Yeah, that's right. For Alan Iverson. That I, that's very good for you. Um, you're going to be there, going to watch. But you're the color analyst for the Philadelphia Eagles. So when you get that booth with Merrill during a year, you have to be able to comment on everything. How yes. difficult is it for you as a wide receiver to take in the whole practice? To not just zero in on the guys who are running routes and comp because Mike quick understands every single nuance and move and evidence you gotta pay attention to the trenches too that's the eagles mantra trenches first everything else thereafter how much do you have to catch yourself and go all right now i gotta watch the big guys now i gotta watch inside now i gotta watch uh, rather than just the guys outside making brilliant catches joe it's funny how i've evolved over the years i've probably so i'll watch the wide receivers d-backs because i like that competition especially if they're in any type of one-on-one sessions but i really enjoy watching the bigs and watching i I love watching stoutland and the way he coaches the offensive line coach the way he coaches the big guys so i spend a lot of time over there um because i just enjoy it i enjoy learning more about what they're doing and the little nuances and what they do like the hand-to-hand combat that when you see a defensive guy especially the pass rushers trying to work their magic, work their toolbox against the the offensive tackles who are trying to keep them away from the quarterback. That sort of stuff is just fascinating to me. And just a little detailed work, the one step or the hand movement that they have to use, that that detailed work. Oh, did Mike freeze up on us? Mike, Mike froze up on us. Hopefully we can get him back. Um, Talking about the detailed handwork. Yeah, I agree. Them. You know, those one-on-one drills between the offensive and defensive line and passer, those are the most exciting drills of training camp, I think. Yeah, uh, they the are. One of, now, now, Stout hates them because, you know, it's geared towards <laughs> the, the defense winning. But um, when you can kind of hold up as an offensive lineman, you're knowing well. I'm with you there, Mike. But we talked – you know, you bring up stout and 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 those types of drills. 
a lot of change on this coaching staff and you've seen it in the past. We've all seen it in the past when, you know, the Super Bowl 52 win and all of a sudden you lose Frank Reich and John D. Filippo and it becomes more difficult. Uh, now right. the Eagles go back to the Super Bowl. They lose both coordinators. They lose linebackers coach Nick Rollis, defensive back coach Denard Wilson. Are you concerned about that at all? Because it's, you know, it's sometimes it's tough to replace those guys. Oh, frozen again. Yeah. Mike, did you get that? And the weird thing about, there he is. Did you catch that question that John asked you, Mike, about the turnover in the uh, coaching staff? How much does that worry you? Looks like you can't hear us, Sander. Um, we've lost. Uh, Mike can't hear us. Um, hopefully, uh, we can get him back. But, yeah, I mean, the, the coaching staff is one, I think. When we've talked about it, Jody, and the fact that um, I, I do think a lot of people are saying, well, they'll be fine. The offense is the same. Brian Johnson was here defensively, same philosophy. They didn't like the defensive coordinator anyway. Um It'll be fine, but I don't know. Is it going to be fine? Especially on the defensive side of the ball, because not only did you lose Jonathan Gannon, you also lost Nick Rollis, who say what you want, but this team interviewed him to be a defensive coordinator. This team really thought he was going to be a defensive coordinator uh, some point down the road. Denard Wilson was highly regarded by the players. Remember how many players advocated for Denard Wilson to get the, the D.C. job, yep. uh, starting with Darius Slay? Anyway, I don't know if you heard that, Mike, or you could hear us at the time, but I was talking about the, the change in the coaching staff, the shift. Yeah. And that was one of the positives coming in the last season. It's rare that you had that continuity. Essentially, the whole staff was back. Now you're replacing a bunch of guys. Any concern with that? It seems like he's ready to answer right up until yeah. he's got to answer. And then uh, Mike, Never unfortunately, frozen. freezes. Oh, well. Uh, let me ask you this, John. And uh, if we get Mike back, so be it. If not, uh, we appreciate him jumping in. Um, are you with us, Mike? No. Uh, Ed, uh, let, let him go, Xander. Tell him we appreciate it. Uh, he's having some technical issues. We, we got a lot of good info. Oh, shoot. Yeah. But I never asked him about DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And and is there a reality to sharing the football? That's the one question I didn't get in. Shame on me. I wanted to talk about golf first and everything else and build up to that because uh, it is a legit question. And it's whether it's DeAndre Hopkins or wherever else the Eagles bring in. I certainly believe Alameda Zacchaeus knows his role, and we know Quez Watkins knows his role. If the Eagles are going to look to upgrade at that position, is it actually a major concern that, hey, how do you share the football between these guys? Or is that just a media? Yeah, I should have. You're, you're right. We should have got to that We thought we'd have more time with Mike. Um, yeah, I, I think – you know, Mike would know better than most about what traffic means to receivers in this league. And, you know, sometimes too much is too much. I mean, yeah, uh, we, we were talking about it last year. Let's try to bring Mike up one more time, Xander. Uh, Mike, you got us? 
nope. Yeah, he's not, not hearing not us. Hearing us. Not hearing us. Um, oh well, we gave it. We gave it the old college try, Jody. And it looked um, like a good connection. I don't know what yeah. the the issue was. To but you. we thank Mike for stopping by. But yeah, I mean that's real. And I constantly use that term fantasy football because it is. It's fantasy. It's fantasy world. The assumption that a bunch of guys who are used to having the football are going to be happy uh, like it's, you know, Madden 2023 or whatever uh, version we're on at this point. You know, nobody's chirping at you. I got to get the football. Nobody's like... Remember week one in Detroit last season? Devontae Smith didn't have one catch. I, he might have not had one target. And uh, Devontae didn't care. He knew it was going to come. But it, you can imagine the Eagles were very cognizant, if you remember, Jody. Oh, yeah. Pointing out, you know, they didn't. Nick Sirianni didn't even have to be asked the question. They volunteered the information. Shane Steichen volunteered the information. Oh, he's going to get the football. He's going to get the football. He's going to get the football. That kind of tells you in a little sort of snapshot that they realize, you know, how difficult it is to massage. Um, and I don't even want to say egos because Devontae doesn't have that big of an ego considering how good a player he is. But if that would have continued for four weeks, five weeks, a couple targets a game, yeah, even Devontae Smith is not going to be happy. Now, you're again, I said it from the start, we're talking about a five-time All-Pro player in De DeAndre Hopkins who has caught the football a hundred times a bunch of times. I don't know how many seasons I'd have to look, but um, you really think he's going to be happy with Quez Watkins like traffic? Yeah, no, not going to happen. It's not, not going to. It's not realistic. You got to be realistic. I quick checked uh, the stats from last year. Uh, Devonte Week One, four targets, no catches. So yeah. uh, drops or bad passes or well defended, whatever. The no next catch. week. Yeah. Seven targets, seven catches. Including the first play. I think if you look at the play-by-play, -play, the first play was a pass to Devontae Smith, if I recall, uh, because they were so cognizant of not getting him a catch in week one. In week one. So week yeah. two uh, against Minnesota, seven targets, seven catches. And the next week against Washington, 12 targets, eight catches. So that's what it is. It's up and down. When you have two star wide receivers, like some weeks are going to be uh, Devontae's week and some weeks can be AJ week. It can attempt to be dictated by the Eagles. Everyone always believes that we'll dictate everything, but there's someone else out there on the field who's trying to keep you from doing it. Uh, so the other team yeah. can make uh, different uh, decisions on how they're going to defend you and how they're going to play. If they specifically want to keep somebody from beating them, well, that opens up something for somebody else. Yeah, you're right. Uh, last year, week one, no catches for Devontae Smith. And the Eagles immediately responded to that. If you bring in a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, there's going to be more of those two targets to De uh, Devontae Smith uh, type games. And he wants no part of that. And he shouldn't want, uh, the Eagles should want no part of that. You got to get over the whole uh, fantasy football aspect of it. Uh, one quick uh, Hopkins notice. I don't know if you saw this. It's just a report. It uh, doesn't mean that it's on, on point, but it's a guy from the Houston uh, Chronicle 
um, not our buddy John McClain, but the guy who replaced John McClain, DeAndre Hopkins, interested in rejoining the Texans, going back to Houston, yeah. much like James Harden, once a uh, Houston uh, native, always a Houston native. By the way, oh. four times uh, he's caught over 100 passes. Four times. Um, this is I a guy used to getting the football and getting the football a lot. Um, you know, at, at some point, you do have to come to grips with you, you, you might not be the player you once were. Um, and maybe he can do that down the road, but he's only 30. You know, and when he did play and he's had some injury issues over the past couple seasons, he was still catching it a lot. He played nine games last year, Jody. He caught 64 balls. Right. That's base. Nine is now basically half a season in the NFL because they're yeah. up to 17. Yeah. So, so yeah. that, yeah, that's his, his career high is 115. Um, if, if you, nine you know expanded out to 17 he's well over 100 again um yeah i i, I mean you got to be realistic with these things and oh by the way uh remember he was playing for the Texans, so yeah they're they're usually behind so they're gonna pass the ball a lot but they're also a team that had who else at the wide receiver position last year uh brandon cooks all right, not bad. Chris Moore, is he a guy that's going to throw the fear of anybody into his? I don't think so. Uh, and, oh, by the way, they're cast, catching passes from Davis Mills. It's not like he's getting the ball from Jalen Hurts or Kirk Cousins or guys who are high-volume passers. It was Davis Mills, and he was putting up those numbers as if he would go by 100. Well, so, he, yes. was on our, he was on Arizona with Kyler Murray. Oh, what but, am I thinking about? I'm thinking about yeah. going back to the Texans. Kyler Murray. Yeah, oh, uh, and how many games did Murray play? Uh, probably right about, I, I, I'd have to look it up. But, same uh, number as him? Yeah, probably right about the same. Um, and obviously those two were putting up big numbers. Maybe, you know, it wasn't successful um, as far as winning games, but uh, they were putting up big numbers. He played 11. So 11. Tyler played 11. Uh, DeAndre played nine. So they obviously played together for those nine games and he caught 64 balls. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> but he was also tasked to catch balls from Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley and David Blau. Those aren't exactly household quarterback names that you're going to be bolstering your numbers with catching a ball from those guys on the weeks that Murray didn't play. Um, here's the, the reason why I brought it up and the point I was trying to make. They're going to be bad this year. The Texans are going to be bad. Hey, I'm, I, you know how big a C.J. Stroud fan I am. I said I would take him over Young. They went one, two. Young went first. Stroud went second. And we'll see the comp. And it's a fair comp going forward because. Oh, yeah. There's going to be uh, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota or Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Hopefully better. But they're always compared. Right. Uh, when you go one, two, that's just what happens. I think. Uh, Young is actually going into a better spot. I think Carolina's got a little bit better roster than the Texans do. But I like the Texans' new coach, even though he's not an offensive coach. And Johnny Mack says that's a recipe for disaster, a young quarterback with a defensive coach. We'll see about it. I think Stroud can overcome it. Um, 
and getting DeAndre Hopkins would certainly help. But the reason why I brought this up is, oh, DeAndre Hopkins has to go to a team that's going to win. Oh, he's string chasing. He's got to go. That's why the Eagles have a chance, because we are one of the top contenders to be a Super Bowl team. Oh, yeah, you are. But then you factor in everything else, as John and I have gone through painstakingly, the sharing of the football with as many weapons as the Eagles have, just not going to work. And the other thing is, ding, 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 ding. He's going to go with the team that pays him the most money. Mark my words, and I'll never be able to prove this, nor will John, nor will you on the other side if John want to argue with me. We're not going to know what offers were actually out there from other teams. But I'm guaranteeing you that DeAndre Hopkins is going to sign with a team that's going to pay him an average of over 10. He's supposed to make $14 million. I think that's where his negotiation starts. If he doesn't get the interest that he thinks he's going to get, he might have to come down some. He's not coming down to a team-friendly $5 million one-year deal for the Philadelphia Eagles, just a ring chase. Not happening. He's going to get paid this year. Somebody's going to pay him, and the Texans are the type of team who can afford to pay him because they got a quarterback on a rookie deal so they could go a little bit more into a DeAndre Hopkins. That's my point. He's And I've, I've said that from the first – from before he was released, I was saying – He's going somewhere where he's going to get paid. Uh, for Hopkins, at his stage of his career, he's not 35. He's 30. So, yeah, I think he's going where he's getting the cash, Johnny Mac. I'm with you. I mean, that, that's why I brought up his age. You know, maybe it changes a little bit. And I think it was Mike Gill who brought up Julio Jones. And, you know, that happened with Julio. But, uh, you know, it didn't happen with Julio at 30. <laughs> it happened – Later in the process, yeah, I had to look up who the Texans' offensive coordinator is, um, Bobby uh, Slowick. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, I will say this. If you have a young court, like I, I, my, my only point is if I was an owner, which I'm not going to be unless you lend me about $6 billion, Jody, which I would call you after the show. Yeah, go for um, it. If I were an owner, I would, and I had a young quarterback that I needed to develop, I'd, I'd be hiring an offensive guy. That's just the way I would go about it. Now, if you're a CEO coach and you get the hell out of the way and hire a good offensive mind, you can go about it in a different way. I just think it's proven time and time again, a lot of these head coaches have too big of an ego to get out of the way. And I don't know enough about, uh, Bobby Slowick to to say, you know, D'Amico brought him uh, along from San Francisco, so at least he learned under Kyle Shanahan. So maybe he's knows what the heck he's doing. Who knows? D has um, D'Amico said if he's going to call defensive plays or not? I don't know that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, uh, but you know, I agree with you with the CEO aspect of it. If you can put together as good a staff, Eagles are a very good example, um, with uh, very good coordinators, and you can delegate that responsibility, and you can be an overseer of the entire team. I think it makes you a better coach, and it makes the team a better team. But, yeah, got to have somebody who's willing to do that. And the Eagles were lucky enough with James, uh, with uh, Nick Sirianni. How many games in would Steichen take over the play calling in? Game uh, it was the Chargers games. It was like... It was right before they took off. It was the game before they took off. Um, Week seven or eight, six or yeah, seven, somewhere, somewhere thereabouts. He realized that uh, 
I've got enough faith in Shane Steichen, and damn, it's worked very well. It surely worked well last sweet year as the Eagles CEO coach went to a Super Bowl. All right, McBowen and McDonald coming back. Clock says we're almost out of time, but not until we put a bow on the show. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles You got Mega Mac coming back to wrap up a week a week in which we got football back on the field in Philadelphia that's never a bad thing actually uh, OTAs and getting some practice time in even though as John noted at the top of today's show yeah, probably right about that hour mark. Uh, the media got about uh, 45 minutes worth of viewing. Uh, they got a couple minutes in ahead of time that the assembled media could see through the fence. 
but they're they're not putting in hours. They're going to do it their way, and their way worked for them last year, so you can't argue with them that that's going to be the case. Uh, so another practice again today, and then a couple of times next week, and everybody gets another couple weeks off before everybody shows up at camp. Um, but uh, one of the things that buoyed me yesterday was, John, a couple of the young guys, um, that uh, uh, had a chance to get out there and work hard and show energy like a Smith, uh, really, really in a very limited format, did just that. Were able to show that they came to play football here this year and are, even if they're young and new to the organization, are going to be ready to jump right in and hit the ground running with both feet. Yeah, I mean, a lot of expectations, exciting time for this team. They're clearly one of the best teams in the NFC. So, you know, I think there's going to be some room to grow for this team. Um, And I think there's a little bit of a luxury in the fact that, hey, you know, even if there are some issues, we talked about Super Bowl hangover, we talked about guys regressing to the mean a little bit. Um, they they have some room. They have some room because the NFC doesn't look great on paper. And if you get back in the, the dance, so to speak, you know, who knows what happens. Now, the Eagles have much higher expectations. They want – they've been to the Super Bowl twice in six years. They know what it takes, and they want to get that number one seed. To get that number one seed – you got to keep winning and winning and winning and winning like they did last year. Um, is that realistic? Um, everybody seems to think so. Um, uh, and that's, it's going to be fun to watch. I will say that because um, uh, there are some maybe under the radar things that are, I think people are glossing over coaching staff tried to mention with Mike quick um, that, to me is very interesting. Uh, I mentioned the human nature aspect to that Super Bowl hangover, but I don't know how you measure that. Uh, you know, if somebody does have a, a, a poorer year this year than they had last season, is that a Super Bowl hangover? Or is that just kind of the way things work? Uh, I don't know. Well, as we pointed out at the top of the show, and we'll go full circle here. We did get to see the guys who got out there with the first teams, quote unquote, first teams. Boston Scott first for the offense. Yeah, we don't think Boston Scott's going to lead the team in carries this year, but he was the first one there today because he's got the longest tenure on the team. Um, and I think that is a little bit telling. Uh, they do defer to the guys who have been here before and have a little bit of a track record with the team and the veteran stats and the like. And then you got Nicholas Morrow out there with the first team. Yeah. And that doesn't bode well for either Bradley or Ellis, the guys who were here previously. If that's the case, Howie, if you're listening, get Patrick Queen. It is June 1st. The Ravens can save a couple extra bucks now that we're going to be here. James Bradbury. You had James Bradbury pegged uh, early in the process. You're trying to. Go back-to-back, Jody McDonald. Correct. Uh, Patrick, Patrick Queen. Queen is the best fit for the position of greatest need on the Philadelphia Eagles <clears> right <throat> now. Now, if they're not going to trade him, they're not going to trade him. It makes too much sense well, yeah. for them. That's the biggest difference, though. You know, the Giants had to release Bradbury. Well, right. they didn't have to, but they did. 
They chose um, to. They chose to. Whereas, you know, Baltimore has to trade uh, Patrick Queen. I'm not sure they want to. I, you know, from their perspective, why not ride it out? Teams are doing that more now. I mention all the time Josh Jacobs, uh, McGarry in Atlanta, Bradbury in Minnesota. Um, declined. It used to be when you declined somebody's option, that was it. You were done with that player. Now I think things are changing because there's such a spike with that fifth-year option at certain positions. Guys are saying, you know what? We're not going to pick up your option, but we still like you, and we still want to re-sign you. That's what happened a couple times this offseason. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Queen and Baltimore because they paid uh, Roquan Smith so much money. But they can ride it out and say, you know what? They think they're a Super Bowl contender. I don't necessarily think they're a Super Bowl contender, but they're a good team. Ride it out, and they can get the compensatory pick if you work things out correctly from their perspective. That's they have to. In other words, I'm saying, Jody, they have to decide to trade him, and I'm not sure they want to trade him. Nor do I. But there it would it, there are two different narratives. One, the one you just laid out, and the other one is. We love the kid that we drafted in the third round. We don't want to just nail him to the bench for an entire year and then have to go through startup costs with him next year. Let's go. Let's move on. And that's why I'm telling you, it's going to be a day two pick. It's going to be a third round pick. If not, they keep him for the year and they get a compensatory pick that could be anywhere. It could be as high as third or probably be more like a fourth or a fifth. So they're not going to just give them away and give them away for a day three, uh, getting a day three pick back for them. Yeah, that's not enough. It's going to need to be a day two pick. Well, one thing I always say, uh, Howie does have a cell phone plan and he likes to use it. So he calls about everything. So he'll, he'll, he'll make the call, uh, you know, doesn't mean anything can get done, but he'll and do it, the, it he'll may do very the well be, be determined by what they see out of Nicholas Morrow in these uh, abbreviated practices that they have. Uh, if he flashes, then they'll ride it out. If he doesn't, yeah, how are you going to have to make that call to uh, Baltimore? All right, uh, we're, we're over today, yeah, even though we ran short because of Mike Quick's uh, connection. It was great to have Mike on. We'll try and get him back on again. Uh, partner, good week as always. Good to hang with you. I'm going to be here Monday. You going to be here Monday? You got anything to do on Monday? Uh, no. Uh, Eagles OTAs, probably Thursday next week. I'll be down there. So, uh, yeah, let's do it. And oh, by the way, as you see, we've given you more than two hours today, which is a hell of a lot more than the Eagles gave John yesterday because they go one hour and one hour only. And that's about it. And then everybody goes in and has something cool to drink. Uh, yes, the Mac and Mac guys will be here next week. The season's getting closer. Keep it right here on Birds 365. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.